This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mode King's Meadow, the podcast that follows the FA Cup and WSL winners, otherwise known as the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, joined this week by just Jane. Jane, how are you doing? Good. Finally recovered from the weekend, but other than that, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a good season. It has. I say just Jane, um, just because Dane's not with us Um He's making people redundant at work because uh, he's an evil man. Um, but we have got some special guests, as we promised last week. Uh, joining us back again is Kerry Evans from the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. Kerry, thank you for giving up your evening to join us again. No, Kerry, thanks for having me again. I'm just going to come on every podcast now, I think. I think we should add them to the group chat. <laughs> the one that no one talks in. <laughs> yeah. Still, I do, like on the day of a podcast can we record tonight <laughs> i get that anyway in text message form uh, and also joining us is the legendary tracy brown from chelsea pride tracy um welcome back to the show it's lovely to be back and see the people i see ridiculously every week anyway but yeah it's lovely to see everybody <laughs> well it's going to be a while now before another game so no 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 no, no. we are going to do some free well what is that that we've got the euros we're all going to see each other then We've got six weeks to the Euros. Yeah, and I'm sure between then we can maybe, don't know, for our Fort Park or Chesterton or something in the mix, just to have a good fun day out that isn't football-related. Absolutely. Well, can't get enough of um, Chelsea Women Supporters Group members. Um, every day is a bonus to see them. Uh, now, on the show this week, in part one, we're going to look at the actual match that happened this past Sunday. And in part two, we're going to talk about the day out at Wembley, which ended with Jane Kerry and probably you as well, Tracy, holding the FA Cup uh, in Box Park. Yes. Um, so without any further ado, here we are here to look at back at Chelsea's FA Cup success thanks to a 3-2 extra time win against Manchester City at Wembley Stadium this past Sunday, the 15th of May. Uh, Chelsea started the game in a 3-4-3 formation with Anne Katchenberger in goal, Millie Bright and Nick Nowen and Magda Eriksson in defence. 
Jess Carter, Sophie Ingle, Aaron Cuthbert and Guru Wrighton played across the midfield with Penilla Harder supporting Bethany England and Sam Kerr in attack. Emma Hayes used five of her available six substitutions, bringing on Jiso Young for Bethany England and Neve Charles for Anik Nolan in the 69th minute. Jesse Fleming replaced Penilla Harder in the 80th minute. At the start of extra time, Jon Anderson was introduced in place of Guru Wrighton and then in the 119th minute, Mara Mielda came on for G. This left Sachira Musevich, Drew Spence, Lauren James and Frank Kirby as unused substitutes. Uh, Jane, this was the team almost exactly as we predicted it. Um, we had G instead of Beth to start, but there was no real shocks, was there? Yeah, no, it was sort of a team we expected. I think we did pretty well as a team selection, only getting one um, one person out. Um, I've just realised as well, that was Drew... G and Yona's last game. I still don't think it's quite hit me that we are never going to see them again. Yeah, I know it's a bit strange, isn't it? Well, not going to see them in a Chelsea shirt again. I'm sure we'll see them. Yeah, no, we might see them again, but just not in a Chelsea shirt. I like the moment at the end. I know we're skipping past the whole match here, but when they was waving the big (laughs) Chelsea flags at the end, the three of them. Um, Tracy, when the lineup dropped, obviously we was on the concourse at Wembley Way, uh, drinking some very expensive alcohol um, but everyone was pretty happy with the team, weren't they? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't really be, you know, there was nothing wrong with that team. So I don't think anyone could be disappointed. I think at that point, we were all just nervous um, going into it, knowing it was going to be such a big game after, obviously, the highs and the dramas of the week before. So, um, thank God it went well. Yeah. Kerry, I was very pleased for Beth. I know we didn't have her in our predicted lineup, but um, given how she's performed at the end of the season, she's really helped the team get across the line in, in the league. I mean, she really deserved to be on the pitch, didn't she? Yeah, 100%. When I went back to like 2019, when her and Sam were playing really well together, so she deserved it, and it was good to see her back on the big, the big stage where she belongs. Absolutely. Uh, Stats-wise, Chelsea had 39% possession, Nine shots, four on target, one corner and 17 fouls. To Manchester City, 61% possession, 23 shots, four on target, 10 corners and eight fouls. Uh, Jane, you can tell from the stats what Chelsea's game plan was. Let's say you have the ball, keep it you know, keep it tight, disrupt their play with, with fouls and try and counter-attack. Yeah, they definitely sort of, we could tell they sort of let City have the ball, which made us even more nervous than what we already were. But the stats sort of, mean nothing at the end of the day sometimes you could have really like bad stats or really good stats but the actual outcome of the game is completely different and they don't always reflect on what the stats are yeah Tracy I suppose you know City 23 shots but four on target which was the same as Chelsea's four on target they had 23 shots but we allowed them in sort of areas that didn't really trouble Anne Katrenberger too much I know they had a couple of good chances but on the whole they had the possession but they didn't have the control of the game did they no, and that was mostly, obviously, in, in Emma's game plan. I mean, if they just want to pass the ball around in the midfield and not really do anything with it, then great. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, we knew it was going to be a tight match and it really was an absolute thriller in front of a record crowd. Um, I mean, there was times when I'm sure we are all nervous, thinking, God, I can't take any more of this. And that was mostly me after about 10 minutes um, and mostly Kerry as well, to be fair. Um and I'd already been, I was already done by then. Um, and I was already wanted to go home. So um, look, it, we played as well as we could in a really tight game against a team that's been on a massive winning streak. 
Um, but it was payback time. And to be fair, they can just keep their Conti Cup. Yeah, it was nice to be charitable in some ways to some of the opposition teams in the league, giving them, you know, a little a little glimmer of hope every now and then. Uh, Kerry Tracy said, obviously, everyone was feeling the nerves. I think the team was as well in the opening sort of 10 minutes. Uh, Caroline Weir had a great chance. But once Chelsea did settle, the game did even out a bit, didn't it? Yeah, I think, as you say, I think they were all nervous because none of them wanted to lose and they all, they knew it was the final game. And I, as Ashley said, I, I don't think I've ever swore so much in my life at half the game, but it was just so nervous. But the day, thank God, they finally got through. Yeah, that's right. And Jane, we've been saying for some time now that Millie Bright's drew a goal. Um, and it looked like she had got that goal when the ball looped over Eddie Roebuck's head and into the net. Um, but it was all a bit surprised it went to Sam Kerr, but it was a great moment, wasn't it? Yeah, I think where we were sitting, obviously the complete other end of the pitch, it did look like it came off Millie. And there was a few views of the goal. It looks like it's Millie, but then when you do see it from the other side, you do realise it's Sam. Obviously, I'm happy that Sam had scored, but we have wanted Millie to have a goal all season. But I'm saying, open day next season, Millie Bryant will do. Yeah, she's definitely due one. Uh, Tracy City did hit back in the 42nd minute through Lauren Hemp. Came off a rare moment where Bunny Shaw got the better of a neat now. And, um, it did feel like this goal was coming, though. And, you know, sometimes you've got to say well done to, to Hemp on what was a magnificent goal. Yeah, uh, painful to say it was a magnificent goal. Um, we all know how good a player she is. We all knew the threat that she was going to bring on the day. Um, you know, we, we've done very well against City for, for some time now. Um, but they do have class, even though that does pain me to, pain, does pain me to even say it. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, they did score less than us, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, Kerry, I think before that moment, you know, now when you come back into the team, had a really good game against Bunny Shaw, really kept her under under wraps. That seemed to knock her confidence a bit, and I think the teams as well towards the end of the first half. I, we, I felt like we were hanging on till that halftime whistle. Yeah, I felt like it City... It kept swinging in momentum, like we were on top and then they were on top and leading up to that half time, you could just feel, I thought City were going to score, keep going to keep scoring. Like at the, I was getting deja vu of the Continental Cup, but luckily it got to half time and it was still 1-1. Yeah. And Jane, obviously we were speaking at half time. Yeah. What's Emma going to do to change it? Because City, as Kerry said, had the momentum. She didn't make any changes, obviously, personnel-wise, but she did make some tactical changes. What did you make of our start to the second half compared to the end of the first? Um, I think we sort of... Emma definitely gave him a stern talking in that changing room. I think they all sort of knew they've got to come out and sort of perform. Not They were performing good in the first half, but we know we, they can perform better. Um, I thought she was going to make a few changes at half-time. But Emma seems to like to leave it sort of, not too last minute, but sort of a bit more into the game. And I'm sure you'll talk about the subs shortly. But I think that start of the first half, did it was a lot better than the end of the second half. Uh, the start of the second half was a lot better than the end of the first half. Yeah. How many did you add? <laughs> None tonight. <laughs> they must still be in the system. Uh, Tracy, as Jane said, the second half obviously started much better and the goal from Cuthbert comes off the back of Chelsea's press where they force Eddie Robot to kick long 
they win the ball back and then Coppert scores an absolutely incredible goal from the edge of the box, wasn't it? I'd, I've re-watched this goal I don't know how many times and I've watched so many interviews with Erin so, so many times since the weekend and actually... I was listening to her earlier on because obviously she's over watching Rangers play tonight. So obviously they had a they were interviewing her earlier on today and they mentioned that goal. And she was like, yeah, it's a goal, you know, really casual. Like, no, 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 not a casual goal. It's an <laughs> absolute worldie of a goal. I mean, the touch, you couldn't have placed it any higher because it would have been over. Um, yeah, I mean, we all talked about Sam last week. And Erin's like, yeah, anything Sam can do, I can do too. And boom. And actually, she did mention earlier on today, moving her into midfield. And this is what she was saying when she was in the fan zone for Rangers. Um, she said moving into midfield has actually helped her game. And she's never been feeling more confident. And she wishes the season wasn't coming to an end because she was really starting to enjoy it. We were all enjoying watching her do that as well. So... Um, but I think we're all tired and really didn't need the season to end because mentally I think we're all drained, let alone the players. Yeah, it looks like she's going to enjoy herself out in Seville no matter what the result of that Rangers-Frankfurt game is. Uh, Kerry, we've been recently trying to decide our goal of the season. I think up till last week, it was probably Penilla Harder against Man United. Then Sam Kerr scores two fantastic goals, that changes. Then Aaron throws this one into the mix as well. But aside from how good the goal was, watching it back on TV seeing all those fans in the background go absolutely wild is a really special goal isn't it in in history yeah and this is why we push for having dedicated ends because having all the Chelsea fans in one space and that we're all erupting at the same time was like as you say it was amazing just to watch back and to Erin's come low and then Erin knew where to run and all the players to do their knee slide celebration it was just epic yeah, it was a pretty special moment. Uh, and Jane, from that moment on, you was a bit of a nervous wreck, wasn't you? I mean, you were shivering because you was nervous, not cold. I literally, I was shivering like I was in like the Antarctic, but it was because of the nerves. I've never gone for a wee so much in my life because I was so nervous. Some of the times I went was trying to be practical. And I'll be honest, I will take credit for that first goal because as I came back, the goal sort of happened. So I do take credit for that first goal, I'm just going to say. Um, but my nerves were just awful. And I think, ask anyone, like even my mum, she never goes to, goes to the toilet during the game. And I, she went about three or four times just because she was so nervous. I think everyone's nerves were just sky high. Yeah, we were playing musical chairs, standing up, sitting down all the bloody time. And it was like and someone was on a drill next to me, going shaking up and down, just like being at work. Uh, Tracy, looking like we're going to win 2-1. It's nervous anyway, as Jane said. Everyone's back once forward to the toilet. But then in that very last minute, oh. Hayley Rasso gets the better of Magda Eriksson, makes it 2-2. But the goal, it, it felt like it was coming, but at the same time, it is the worst time to concede, isn't it, in a final in the 89th minute? It is the worst time to concede, but luckily we were ahead when they scored because obviously, you know, if you're if you're level and that happens to you, it's good night trophy. Um, I didn't want extra time because I'd already done extra time the day before for the men's game. Um, and I didn't want to sit for another half an hour. I think, I think as Change just said, we were all so nervous. 
Um, where it's not like we don't have faith in the team, we have it in abundance, and we definitely have faith in Emma and, and every member of staff. But uh, there was just that there was I don't know it's just there was something in the air. Um, every time we we did well, they would just come firing back at us. And again, towards the end of the half, the same as the end of the first half, this just uh, this wall of pressure just come over us. Um, and yeah, we were left then to. Uh, to have another team talk. And I don't really think Emma needs to say much in these team talks. I think the players themselves are big enough to say we're not doing good enough and we need to do better. Um, so, yeah, then we were on to the uh, first uh, part of extra time. More nerves. Yeah, Kerry, as Tracy said there, you know, we always believe in this team and we never write them off. But at that moment, as, as City scored, the momentum shifts in their favour. Their fans, the few of them that were there, um, weighed their flags a little bit. Did you fear the worst going into extra time that the game had switched too late? I didn't fear the worst, but you just when it goes into extra time, you just have to hope for the best. Who's got the most energy? Who can put on? Who's got the right players left to make a difference? And you, you could go. Can Fran play the whole night? Thirty minutes? Is she, we could bring. We're all just talking about Fran. Like, can we? Can she make a difference? But luckily, it. We didn't need her. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that one with Jane. Like, who has she got? Because Fran's not played since February. Lauren James is, you know, I know she's in the squad, but she's not fit. Then there's only, you know, Yona Anderson and, and Drew Spence. They're not game changers in a forward sense. But she did bring Yona on, and actually that sub made a huge impact on the team defensively, didn't it? It gave Magda the support that she so needed before the final whistle. Yeah, we were talking about it for a while, sort of who could she bring on, who could she not. Um, but yeah, I think when Jonna came on, it obviously didn't, it made an impact, not a huge impact, but it did really help Magda out. Yeah, that's sort of the issue with having you know, Guru there. She wants to attack and Emma lets her, I think. And then we got caught out from that in the last minute, unfortunately. But in extra time, I think we needed to have that solidity in, in defence and Obviously, Emma knows what she's doing. She is a multi-trophy winning manager, and I am a podcast host. Um, but Tracy, then a mistake from City. Alana Kennedy rushes to the ball, misses it. You got Beautiful Sam miss. Kerr. Beautiful miss. Beautiful miss. Loved yeah. it. <laughs> you got Sam Kerr running down the right. You got Jesse Fleming through the middle. You got Alex Greenwood not knowing what to do. Are you thinking pass? Are you thinking shoot? What was going through your mind as she raced down on goal? I'm thinking Sam does better when she's doing weldies than when she's one-on-one, -on -one, to be fair. Um, and yeah, it did take a deflection. But do you know what? At the end of the day, Sam just hit in hope, I reckon, to be fair. And it went in. Um, are we surprised that Sam won it for us? Absolutely not. Um, I would say, I, I think we would all even discuss, I didn't care who it come off. If a ball bounced off someone's backside, I wouldn't have cared how it went in, to be honest. It didn't matter that it wasn't a weldy. It just went in the back of the net. Um, it was a good break. You've got to think the speed that she put into that run. We're talking extra time at the end of a grueling season. Um, COVID, injuries, everything going on. And to still have that amount of energy in her legs to keep going. It sounded like she could have kept running. We were having players starting to go down at that point all over the pitch with cramp. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just a fantastic goal, and just Sam's mindset this year has been sensational. 
yeah, we'll, we'll touch on Sam uh, in a bit as we go 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 through the game and her impact on it. But you know, Kerry, I felt at that moment that City had you know had it you know, the Uno card. It was reversed. The stuffing was knocked out of them. I uh, just couldn't see how they come back into the game. Both teams, as Tracy said, absolutely flat out on their feet. The energy, I think, had gone. And did you feel the game was won at that point? Well, you never know when it's against City, but you can't. You kind of hope, yes, we have. We, I think we've won it now because, as you said, everyone's knackered. I think we had two players on for at one stage, and I do. Yeah, it knocked the confidence out of City because it was just such an easy. Goal. It was an easy mistake. It was a bad mistake from them side to let us like let Sam run in front of goal. Yeah, I think it probably hurt more that it did come off Alex Greenwood and, and go in. So I don't think it was before it, it hit the defender. Uh, but as, as Tracy said, we'll take it you know, off someone's face or someone's arse. You know, anyway, the ball goes in the net. Goes in the net. Even if they pick it up and throw it and no one notices, we'll take it as well. Um, Jane, full-time whistle. Obviously, they're the big moments in you know, supporting when the whistle goes and you know your champions. Um, just try and sum up that moment you know, for the listeners. I felt like then, I think it was three extra minutes what I did. I can't even remember, to be fair. Um, they just seemed to go so like slow. And I was like, right, surely now the final whistle has to go. And then when they sort of played it into that corner and then they took, I think we got a free kick because Alex Gre- I'm sure Alex Green would push Sam over or something. Yeah, um, Sam kept it well in the corner, to be fair. Yeah, I've watched the, uh, the extra half back just started recording. And she did well to keep it to that corner. And then that final whistle went finally. And it was just, it was a sigh of relief that we had done it. The season's over. We can all just breathe. And just, it was, it was a nice feeling. And no penalties, which after Saturday. And, oh, and no penalties. Because yeah. that's what, with the subs as well, I think if we had gone to penalties, Brown would have come on to take a penalty. Yeah, and maybe that was why Marin was introduced, you know, for G. Now that's um, so why Marin was brought on. Marin was absolutely yeah. brought on for penalties. That's exactly why she brought her on. Yeah, but thankfully we didn't need her to score a penalty. She just had a few touches and helped the game tick over. Um, Tracy, I know we're going to talk about more about the celebrations in in part two, but if you try and put into words, you know, this season basically two FA Cup wins in one season, a WSL win. Um, it's been quite an extraordinary season, both on and off the pitch for the club. If you can sort of articulate that in, in some way or sense, how that felt at the end of the full time that this season's finally over. Relief. Um, I think, you know, it has been a, a topsy-turvy season. I think, as I said a minute ago with COVID injuries, um, and as much as the fans have been back, which has massively helped, and the players have really sort of echoed that um, for the last couple of weeks, uh, just how important the fans have been. Um, it has been really, really difficult. And there's been times where our team have slogged through games um, and I think we've definitely helped and we've, we've been to some away games where, you know, it isn't all fun and games and plenty of goals. But at the end of the day, we are back-to-back-to-back champions yep. for the league and back-to-back champions for the FA Cup. I mean, that does sound lovely. And, 
you know, I wanted that whole two FA Cups in one season. And that's exactly what we got. And to be quite honest, it doesn't flatter us at all getting the double. I think we've been phenomenal. And as far as Arsenal's manager is concerned, up yours, you prick. Yeah. A bit late for a PG warning, isn't it? Um, but there you go. Um, explain that one to the kids. Uh, Kerry, I've heard people I kept talk about... it that. I could have said a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to be demonetised. That's excellent. Uh, Kerry, I've heard people talk about the game and they called Chelsea jammy um, that they won this game, um, which I think is incredibly disrespectful to a team that put everything into Emma's game plan. You know, you had Sam Kerr running back the length of the pitch in the 120th minute to win the ball back. Um, what do you make of, of that comment, Chelsea jammy? Well, I mean, everyone hates Chelsea, so they're always going to say something negative about us. I, they're just jealous. That's exactly this, it. this will shock you. They support Chelsea. Oh, okay. They can't be jealous. I wouldn't blind, say jam- maybe. Yeah, could be blind. No, but personally, you know nothing about the game at all. If you think that was jammy, you know nothing about football. Simple as. Yeah, couldn't have put it better myself. Um, you know, Jane, we mentioned Sam Kerr there. I know Tracy spoke about her earlier, but what she's given to the club this season, you know, not just in terms of her goals, but her work rate as well. You know, that was a truly world-class performance, wasn't it? We're so lucky to have her. And it's lucky that it's great that she loves the club as much as the club loves her, isn't it? Oh, honestly, she has been... Jisoo Young will always be the best signing Chelsea has made. Um, but she was such a good signing when she joined. She joined in 2019 or 2020? I think it's 2020. Can't even remember. Um, but she's just 19. 19. Um, she's just helped us so much. And I know everyone says, oh, Chelsea's nothing without Sam Kerr. We can't play games without Sam Kerr. We have to rearrange games just so we can have Sam Kerr playing. <laughs> Sam Kerr doesn't That's actually rude. have to play. <laughs> Arsenal fans like we are a team without Sam Kerr but Sam in our team just puts us one step above everyone else if she was out injured we'd still be able to win we'd still win all these cups and trophies but Sam Kerr just makes us that one step above everybody else yeah well that's what happens when you have a world-class striker in your team they score lots of goals and people criticize that for some reason um I think it I think it can get overlooked as well, can't it? Just, oh, she scores goals, she's the best player, but Tracy, she her is. Work, no, 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 her work rate off the ball is sensational. Um, she doesn't just score goals, she creates goals. Um, she gets assists. She isn't just a goal scorer, she brings a lot more to the game than that. And actually, you can say that about a good chunk of our players, actually, that, you know, they love to do a bit of everything. And actually, we have world-class players across our team this season, some of our players have stepped up in ways that is unbelievable. Aaron towards the end of the season has been phenomenal. Guru has literally been my player of the season. Although that's tough to say because we've had so many good players because she's been absolute dynamite. And as much as she's all smiley, you can tell when she's ticked off because that face goes from a smiley, nice face to I'm actually going to kick your head in. Um, and you wouldn't think that looking at her. Um, you definitely wouldn't think that after you've partied with her either. Um, no, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we just have talent. And Sam is much more than just a striker. She's an absolute team player. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anyone who doesn't like that is absolutely jealous. And as far as Arsenal are concerned, you tried your hardest and you just still wasn't good enough. Yeah, How many trophies have you won, Arsenal? Oh, that's it. Zero. James held more trophies than Arsenal this season. which That is an achievement I'm going to hold with me for life. Yeah, absolutely. I have touched more trophies than Jonas Aderval in the 2021-22 season. Amen to that. Doesn't get better than that. Uh, Kerry, another player I want to mention is Jess Carter, who, again, like Sam, gave everything on the day. Unfortunately, there was the one moment where Lauren Hemp scored the goal because people were out of position. It wasn't Jess Carter's fault, exactly. But at the end of the game, she could hardly walk. And I think that shows the effort that these players put into that performance and that game plan by Emma to come out as champions. Yeah, to be fair, when you're trying to defend against hemp, you're going to, sometimes you're going to slip up. So it's not, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I was too nervous. I didn't even know what happened with that goal. But yeah, as you said, Jess just works her socks off and she does every game. So she's been unbelievable this season. And I think she's also been one, she could be up there for player of the season as well. Yeah, also, you got Wembley's a much bigger pitch, mm. wider. It, you know, it generally is. It's gonna, it's more tiring. You're, you're defending across a line that's a lot bigger, and it doesn't. You know, people measure it. Oh, it isn't that much bigger. Actually, when you're running around on it for not just ninety minutes, but an extra thirty at the end of an already chaotic season, I can only praise every single one of those players, including Sophie, land up with a broken nose. I mean, that's the sort of game we had. Yeah, that was the players put their bodies on the line. You know, the goalkeeper puts her body on the line every week for this team. Uh, Jane, any other players you want to pick out for some special praise? Um, I think you could sit here and list every player and everyone would like, I probably could sit here all night saying all different things about the players. So I'd probably just say the team all played amazingly. Obviously, there were some parts like when obviously the goals were conceded, you was like, oh, not again. I was sort of getting flashbacks of this when we went to the city and Drew free free. I was thinking, oh my god, please, not again. But um I think all players, they deserve they deserve that trophy at the end of it on Sunday. And they all played amazingly as well. Yeah, I second that notion. Now, if there's any parents watch listening with young kids around, put your headphones in. Uh Tracy, on the BBC coverage, um, an Arsenal, ex-Arsenal player in front of the microphone. Mentioned some rumours about a manager leaving. Um, how ridiculous was that? Um, I've just seen something that's flashed up on my phone saying exactly the same thing. So I'm just checking it as we're actually speaking. <laughs> so you come back to me in a second. Yeah, we'll get a live reaction soon then. Uh, Kerry, I want to talk to you about the crowds. Now, last week at Kings Meadow, we had over 4,000. Uh, then we had over 49,000 at Wembley. We've got the Euros this summer. Women's football in England is on such a high right now, isn't it? And Chelsea are at the forefront of that. Yeah, and it's of course, of course, it's all Europe as well that who's helped, and I think that's helping. It's just it's great to see big crowds at women's games, and no one and then no one can say, oh, no one cares about women's football. Like people do care. You just are boring if you want to keep saying that. Yeah, Jane. I suppose the criticism that women's football used to get was that it's too slow. The game hasn't got the pace of the men's game, but none of that's true, is it? And hopefully the people that come to Kings Meadow that don't normally, because obviously that is a bigger crowd than we're used to, 
come back next season as well for more games because the quality is un- unreal, isn't it? Oh, the quality, it's just growing so, so much. I was talking to a client on Tuesday at work and she was like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? All that, and I was telling her. And she was like, I'm so happy how much like women's football has grown. She was like, personally, she's never sort of watched it properly, but she was like, I'm just so glad like they're finally getting like the recognition they deserve. And not many people say that to me. They're like, oh, I watched the men's football, but the women's football was rubbish. That's normally the response I get. So it was nice to hear someone that's not really, don't really follow the women's football say, like they're happy that the coverage for them is like starting to grow. And I think the women's Euros as well in the summer, especially being in the UK, is going to help it grow sort of for all teams. Yeah, it's going to be you know, a huge occasion um, on the TV. And obviously you've got great Chelsea players in a number of teams in the Euros that are hopefully going to get some some recognition uh, across the tournament. Um Tracy, are you ready to let loose on? Yeah, I can find nothing. More rumour bases going on. Um, To be fair, uh, I don't know if everyone saw the reaction from Emma when we won that trophy, the full reaction where she was pretty much in tears when we won the end of the the, the FA Cup. Um, There's been every season, this isn't anything new with Emma Hayes, the end of every season the rumour mill picks up that that she's going somewhere. Where the hell she's meant to go, I'm not sure. And actually, she said that in an interview with Sky just a couple of days ago where she was like, does anyone know Frank? I don't know because where the hell am I meant to be going? I love this club and I'm under contract. Um, I think people just love um, feeding uh, social media and channels with absolute bullshit. Um, Again, sorry, PG. Um, But I do. I think... um, with everything that's gone on with our club, there's been too many people scaremongering. Um, we are hopefully now at the point where, probably by the end of this week, the deal will go through. Our club will be in new hands. Um, I've already spoken to people at the club today um, about the work that we're looking to do going forward. Look, it's a new era for Chelsea uh, with owners. Um, we, we have two amazing managers. Emma Hayes is one of them. And anyone who's talking rubbish should literally just shut up. Um, unless it comes out of the club or Emma Hayes' mouth herself, I'm not going to believe any of the rumours. And a lot of them come from channels. When you look at their tag, you're like, who the hell are you and where have you popped up from? Yeah, it's no surprise it was an ex-Arsenal legend spouting it on TV. Kerry, I know everything, you know, everything eventually comes to an end, but this team has still got so much to achieve and... We're entering into a new phase now with you know, legends departing, but there's more young players coming through. And Emma's going to be at the forefront of that, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. As Tracy said, I would only believe the rumour until it comes up from the club and herself. I mean, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, like I think Jane sent me one yesterday, and these are just fake accounts who just, with these little alarm emojis thinking... We'll just saying some more stuff about Emma, but as you said, it's exciting times. We've got some exciting youngsters, even youngsters coming through, like with Georgia Fox and um, Aggie Beavers, and all the youngsters coming back. So it's be interesting to see what happens to them next year as well. Yeah, talking of rumours, there's a rumour some fans did the onus outside Wembley. Um, we're going to find out if that's true in part two. So we're going to go to a short break, and then we'll be back talking about a day out at Wembley. <laughs> which ended with the players at Box Park. So we'll be right back. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. 
But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome back to part two of Went to Moe Kings Meadow. Um, we're going to look now at a fantastic day out at Wembley, um, which ended, as we said earlier, with the players at Box Park. Um, Jane, personally, travelling to and from Wembley is one of the worst things I think you could possibly do. Um, but winning just makes it a little bit sweeter and more bearable, doesn't it? Every time we've had to go on the train to football this season, the trains have been disrupted. As soon as I, like we got to the final, like I said to my mum, I was like, the train's going to be disrupted. I know it. But when you win and you've got a trophy, it makes the journey a little bit better. And who cares if you have to go here, there and everywhere to get home. Um, but I feel like Wembley is just such an awkward place to get to. It's really it's actually an inconvenient place to build a football <laughs> stadium um, that far away from, from Chelsea. Seeing as we get there all the time, they should have maybe thought about that. Um, and built it near near Stamford Bridge. Um, Kerry, I arrived just in time to greet the coach. Um, that was a request from the club, I believe, for the fans. Uh, yeah, yes, one of them. Yeah, someone at the club messaged me. It must have been the Thursday, just to ask if we could do it again. Because of course we did it for the Continental Cup, and they apparently the players loved it. So if the players want it, I will try my best and get as many fans there as possible. Yeah, there was a, a good little crowd there. Trish, I suppose the down point is that the the glass of the coach is obviously tinted, so you can't see in it. Um, but still good to, to let them know we're there. 
Yes, um, I mean, they were recording it as we were coming in. So <laughs> um, I'm sure it gives them a lift knowing that they see exactly the same faces that they always see um, there to, to, to bring them in. I think it's mostly an uplift for the team to know that we're already there supporting them before they've even walked into the ground. Um, I think, you know, it gives them that extra push knowing that, you know, we are that extra player on the pitch. Um, our fans on their day um, can be phenomenal. Um, otherwise, it's just us lot making noise. Um, the last game of the season was an incredible atmosphere. And I beg anyone who's actually listening to this who decides to only turn up for the big games to actually turn up to every game because we actually need you every game, not just at big occasions. Um, and do you know what? You've got a voice. Try singing. And for anyone who's actually listening, leave the drums at home. Yeah, drums will be the first thing on the ban list um, when we take over the club. Uh, Kerry, I know Wembley is notoriously difficult to get an atmosphere going because of the way that the ground is built and designed. But actually, the way the supporters group get their tickets and sort out their tickets, it actually helps make the atmosphere the best it can be, I suppose, in a, in a difficult situation. And those that love to get involved with the singing are together, everyone yeah, is there making that noise and supporting the team. Yes, because we're all in one block. So you hopefully people will... Um, even if you're just chanting Chelsea, like it, that was spread across. But it's, it's really hard to make an atmosphere in there because you're so far up. But we we, we tried out, we gave it a good go. I think we did very well. Um, yeah. Jane, one talks about the price of Mars bars, um, which is a very important subject <laughs> that we need to discuss here. Um, yeah. £1.90 for a Mars bar. It was a duo. So I was going to say, that. it was a duo, but still. I can go to Poundland and get like a pack of like six or nine for like two quid. Yeah, and even even the alcoholic beverages, Tracy. Um, I think it was seven ninety five. I paid for a Budweiser. I ain't ridiculous. Why I did mean, the FA need to do it? Because they've got enough people in there. They're making the money anyway. Why do they need to fleece supporters out of even more money? We haven't got enough time in today's podcast for me to even start on the FA and Wembley. That's a completely different conversation. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to wind Tracy up a little bit tonight. I'm not on purpose, not trying to get her going, not trying to start the fireworks. She's on, she's on one tonight. <laughs> Believe me, I could easily be on more. So <laughs> the listeners do not need to have a rant at the end of this. Um, as much as people normally like it when I actually do go into a rant, it, not every listener is going to want that, to be, to be fair, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll sort the FA out as well and get some half-priced drinks going. Um, I don't think there's a Community Shield game, so we'll have to wait till the next cup final, unfortunately. And it's um, to do what some of the main football stadiums do, like, you know, a lot of in a lot of the men's games. You come in earlier, the drinks and the food are cheaper to up to a certain point to get people actually to come into stadiums earlier. Um, that's something, to be fair, that they could actually do. But again, it's the FA, so there we go. Yeah, it's not like they had 90,000 supporters the day before um, inside the stadium as well. Uh, but there we are. Um, Kerry, if my phone opens and unlocks, I can ask you the next question. Um, the final whistle is another thing I hate about Wembley is the distance that you are from the players at King's Medal. They were very close. 
at the end of the games, you go down to the front, you can get selfies. At Wembley, obviously, there's more security. There's the railings the other side. Can feel a little bit disconnected, can't it? Can, but it's Wembley, so you can't really complain unless they change all their rules. I don't like that you can't see them lift the trophy when they're on the ground because they want their pictures. The because um, where we were, we couldn't really see because we were, we were behind the behind the big FA. Really, they could have stood in like the centre circle, facing the Chelsea fans with the photographers in front, and done it that way. But no, they had to do it on the side. Yeah, that's always it's always the way though. It's the same for mm, yeah. um, Stamford Bridge when we've won the league. They always turn the stand. They always have the the, the podium towards the west stand. And to be quite honest, though, as we had a home end, we had our end for Wembley. They've already gone up the stairs and done the trophy lift there. They could have easily had the stage facing us. So that next part of the celebration was with our fans. Um, but you know what? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. we won it. City didn't. Yeah. Yeah, even the Royal Box is too far away, especially for me. I couldn't see a thing. Just see some confetti in the air. That was it. Um, now, Jane, I've heard a rumour going around that after the game, some fans did the onus outside the ground. Can you confirm or deny this rumour? I can confirm it's true. I can't remember if I actually said on the podcast when we was recording it last week or I was going to do it or if it was a conversation after we recorded. But I, if I didn't say it on the recording last week, I did say I was going to keep my word and I was going to do it. So I made sure we did it, and we definitely did it better. Yeah, we were trying to get Kerry to backflip, um, but I think we <laughs> we um, we settled on the owners. Me, me getting on the floor was hard enough. It was the getting back up, which photo, I think I ended up just sitting on the floor and just was like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's me done. I've done the celebration. <laughs> and then after the game, and after the, the owners carry some fans went back to Box Park, which is just a Wembley way to um, let the traffic die down, I suppose. Um, and they're greeted with the FA Cup winners walking through Box Park with a trophy. Um, what was that moment like? Especially supporters unaware that they might perhaps be coming there. A bit of a surprise, I guess, for most people in there. Um, it wasn't a surprise for me because I heard they were going there. To- <laughs> So I, but I didn't really tell anyone because it's nice to surprise people. So I didn't, I kept, I kept quiet for that. Yeah, what was, what was it like, Tracy, as the players come in and people that aren't Kerry and don't have uh, communication with the players um, weren't expecting them to walk through? I suppose it wasn't even shock the, and surprise. It wasn't even the players that gave us that inside information. <laughs> me, me and Kerry have our sources, and um, it, it wasn't from the players. Um, but yeah, we, we did find out earlier that day before um, before the game kicked off. Um, while we were in Box Park before the game, me and Kerry already knew what was going to be happening after the game. And we did our very best to keep it to ourselves so that um, fans could be surprised to see them, to see them in there. Um, because at the end of the day, um, that's what it's all about. It's about fans being able to see our players holding a beautiful, shiny FA Cup. Yeah, Jane, obviously this would never happen for the men's team, not just because they lost, um, so there was no trophy for them to bring in anyway, but they wouldn't you know, engage with their supporters in that way. 
Um, what were the players like? Were they welcome to fans coming up to them? I'm guessing they were and happy to, sh- to take pictures and share their medal around. Yeah, I don't think no one sort of said, no, no, you can't have a photo. I know a few of the players were sort of like letting fans wear their medals and take uh, pictures with it. And it was just lovely. And like you said, you'd never get this in the men's game, even if they'd won yesterday. You just wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. And that is what sort of separates the men and the women's fo- like women's football. Yeah, I suppose what the people are going to want to know, Kerry, is which player was the most tipsy at that point? Um, Can you name and shame? No one was like paralytic. <laughs> the, the, there was a few that had I take Neve can dance. I'll, she I'll can. give you that. Oh, She's got she some can. moves. She has moves. She has moves. Yeah. But the best yeah. thing was the page just coming up. So I was like treating us like we were like friends. Like Guru all came and hugged us. Oh, Guru was, had a I've got to admit, Guru was absolutely my favourite at the after party. She was really, yes. really was. And when Neve Neve walked in with the trophy and she literally just like handed it to us. Yeah. She was like, oh, here you go. And we all sort of like looked at each other and was like, what do we do now? <laughs> okay. We'll pass it around the room then. <laughs> right then. Yeah. So. Yeah. And when, when did the party end, Tracy? Was it kicked out or? No, no, I would have stayed until kicking out, but somebody wanted to leave early. No names. <coughs> Kerry. Um, no, the end of the no, 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 no. Actually. It was like at the end of the day, I would have stayed until the end, but I was I was I was a good girl and I did follow the everyone else out. We all left um, together. We did leave together. About so we all made it home. I don't know what about 10 o'clock, 10 30? It was shutting at it was shutting at half 10 anyway to get the players were getting back on the coach. Yeah, it must have been around 10 o'clock, I think we all left. And did any of the players need help getting on the coach? This we is the details that people want to know. No, we, we didn't see them getting on the coach, so <laughs> we were too busy trying to get our own trains home at that point. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I've got to admit, I, you know, I kept happily going up to the bar and feeding Jane, Jane alcohol. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that. Monday morning was delightful. <laughs> I, I have English on a Monday morning and I strolled into English and she was... My English teacher was like, she was like, you don't look too good or sound too good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I went to a party last night. She was like, oh, I'm not going to ask. Jane is old enough to drink. Let me just get on with it. Oh, That's yeah, let's it. just yeah. clarify. Let's clarify that. Take a drink. Don't worry, she wasn't just giving me drinks. Tracy's not going to get arrested um, <laughs> when this gets released. Um, Kerry, I know, obviously, you said you got tipped off by a very well-trusted source about this after party, but... These still must be sort of pinch me moments that you're rubbing shoulders with the team. I still can't believe it, and it's like it's mo- it's like priceless moments that like you'll never forget. Like, I still can't believe that I was like in the same room as the players having drinks with them and having a sing along <laughs> and singing Old Bethany England in the toilets with Beth. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. And passing Millie toilet roll underneath the door as well was also saying that. You wouldn't randomly do on a, on a Sunday yeah. evening, to be fair. Um, but... And the conversation, the players' conversations in the toilet were just <laughs> priceless as well. Hey, wow. Did you spend the whole night there or did you come out the toilets? 
no. I mean, not the whole night. <laughs> I mean, to be quite honest, it was a very unique um, situation, and it, you know, me and Kerry were very lucky to to have been given that chance um, to, to go to the to the after party, and it's on the back of not just the work that I've done, Kerry's done, it's the work that everyone within the Chelsea Women Supporters Group has done. And the amount of hard work that goes into running groups and the amount of hours you actually put in that I don't think people even realise. You know, we all sacrifice a great deal of our time to obviously make a difference, not just to us, but to every fan to actually support our team and our club. Um, so, you know, at the end of this, to be quite honest, I'm just thankful to everyone within the Chelsea Women's Supporters Group who's part of the committee, who's part of making decisions every single day because it takes a lot. And, you know, I don't think people realise the, the recognition that needs to go to these people. Yeah, I suppose, Jane, that speaks volumes of, we'll say, Emma Hayes, because she has created the team, but also this harmony between the supporters and the players is, is really led by her example and she makes these sort of things happen that's what makes his team so special, doesn't it? Yeah, I think the connection sort of, the way the players sort of bond together is sort of way the supporters bond together now. And yeah, thank you for Kerry and Tracy for all their hard work and the hard work everyone puts in. So many, you could li list a long names of people from the supporters group that all put in ridiculous amount of hours to do stuff, to help stuff, to organise tickets, organise banners and everything. The list is like endless. But it's just, it's nice that we've sort of, like, everyone got some recognition of, like, the hard work everyone puts in. And thank you for Kerry and Tracy for letting me come to the party as well. Yeah, I was so jealous. I was like, why have I got kids? Why have I got to go to work? I could have <laughs> held the trophy. But, yeah, there we go. I missed out. Never mind. Always next year, I suppose. Um, before we before we go, the season's finished now. Um, we had a record crowd at Kings Meadow a record crowd at the FA Cup. One reason each why people should come back next season. Um, so if you can give a different reason, so we get three different reasons why sports should come back to Kings Meadow. I'll let Jane go last, given that face. Um, Tracy, one reason <laughs> why should people come back to Kings Meadow next season? Serial trophy winners. We do it time and time and time again. Absolutely. Spot on. Kerry? Just a family atmosphere. You can't beat it. You can't beat Kings Meadow. Yeah, and it's it's a family atmosphere, but it's also um, very exciting, very intense as well. It's not um, cheering both teams. Some people are worried about that with women's football at the moment. Um, Jane, finish us off. I was going to say both of those, but I'm going to say, I don't know what else to say. You get to meet me, who bring us lots and lots of goals and help us win trophies. Yeah, especially if you hang around the toilet. <laughs> Jane will be there. I was going to say match. about family and then I was going to say about winners and then I was like, I don't know what to say, so. Us, us, the fans. And you get mm. to meet us, the fans. You get to meet yeah. us, you know. We're, we're incredibly friendly people most of the time. Um, oh, yeah. We are incredibly friendly people. And, you know, we're always up for a laugh and we're always up for a sing-song. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, it's a family atmosphere. You know, we aren't just fans, we're friends. Um, and actually, I think it was a couple of the plays in their video where they said that the fans are actually family. And I think that's really what it does come down to. We're more than just a club. 
we're a family and that's better than any other club in the women's league. Yeah, and as proven by last weekend, the men will only let you down, whereas the women's team continue to be successful on and off the pitch. Um, that's going to just about wrap us up. Um, Tracy, thank you for giving up your evening again. Obviously a very busy, busy lady, but always a pleasure to have you on and the listeners absolutely love it. Apparently they do. I don't know why. Maybe they're insane. Um, no, it's always a pleasure. Um, we get a slight break, um, I guess. Um, if you're going to be landed up doing any Euro pods, well, that'd be interesting. Um, I mean, you know, good luck to our girls who are, are going to be um, playing in the Euros across many different countries. We have absolute quality in our team. I'd like to wish all of our girls good luck. Um, obviously, I would love to see the Lionesses in that final winning it in front of an absolute sellout crowd at Wembley. And what I really hope that happens this summer is that the women's game really gets lifted and that more people turn up and tune in next year. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Uh, Kerry as well, great to see you again and, and hear your thoughts. And even though a bit boasty about the text message, but we'll let that slide um, this evening. Um, thanks for joining us and as you have done this season as well. Yeah, that, and thanks to you two, well, you three, for all the whole work you do, because it's not, again, it's not easy to run a podcast, so yeah, right, thanks for having me again. Dane would say different, she thinks it's very easy to run a podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll let Dean take all the credit for that one. <laughs> teamwork makes a dream work. Well, exactly, teamwork makes a dream work, but it's far too stressful for me to organise. I just come yeah. on as much as I can and just help it work today jane retook an english exam for the third time which is why i take charge of the podcast that may be why but yeah jane uh, just can't write english (laughs) which helps for a podcast speaking english exactly yeah but good to see you again jane yeah it's been good and we've had we've had a good season i think and hopefully we'll do a few like podcasts over the summer maybe pull some special podcast out of the bag if we can do some yeah more on news to that to come um that wraps us up for this week we'll be back next week for a season review before we take a short break during the summer um if you want to support the show you can do on patreon the links for everything about the show is in the description box um until next time just fans from king's Mode to wembley keep the blue flag flying high It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.